Put on your steel-toed boots, because there's an elephant in the room. And that elephant might just step on your toe, so watch out. I'm going to do a little bit what uh, some others are not having the freedom to do. There are many a pastor in Russia who does not have the freedom to say what I'm going to say. And if they do, they have been threatened with 15 years in prison. And some have already been arrested because they have spoken out against the war. Today's title is Risky Righteous Anger. And I take my cue from Jesus when he went into the temple that day long ago to reset the moral compass of an institution which had, in many respects, lost its way. And I want to thank Cindy Eno for allowing me permission to uh, share a quote that, uh, uh, that what she, a post that she had placed on Facebook the other day, because uh, I think it is very appropriate. When she wrote, I'm having an extremely difficult time with what Putin has done to the innocent people of Ukraine. In my mind, I keep hearing we are to love our enemies, turn the other cheek. I am positive I am not alone with these thoughts. Will some of my pastor friends and family help me out with this? I do not have kind thoughts about Putin and his soldiers. So one of your pastor friends is responding today. And what would be dangerous for many people of faith to do in various parts of the world? Does anyone feel like Cindy? Anyone feel like this? Helpless? Angry? I don't know about you, but I am shocked and tormented by images and news about the war in Ukraine. I am. I am incensed as is a majority of the earth's habitants at the needless atrocities, suffering, and pain caused by a madman. As we journey through Lent, this image of Jesus overturning the tables of the money changers in the temple actually has been helpful to me in sorting out my emotions during this period of war. He followed the law of love, the love of a new covenant which had been prophesied about for many centuries. We read one of those prophecies from Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming when I shall establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It was a new covenant that is prophesied about and had many threads of opportunity throughout the Old Testament where all people no matter what the color of their skin, their nationality, their belief system, the narratives they follow are loved by God, embraced by God, and called by God to treat others as human beings and not as objects to be used. It is a law of love that has a narrative that goes like this. I love you, I forgive you, 
but I love you too much to let you engage in evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever form. Truth be told, Jesus risked righteous anger that day he walked into the temple, and there were people as a result of that who vowed they would kill him. He overturned tables, chased the money changers out, and declared what the temple was originally constructed for. He said the temple should be a house of prayer for all people. All people. More than just the Hebrew children. And then he also said it is not a marketplace. He even said he turned it into a den of thieves. So that the Gentiles who come seeking a place for quiet repose and renewal and prayer cannot do so because of the hustle and the bustle of the buying and the selling. Jesus was angry because they weren't even following their own law. The temple had long been intended as a house of prayer, never a marketplace with weighted scales. This is all a part of Jesus introducing a new narrative to help the Hebrew children reset their moral compass to a better way, which we have the advantage of seeing now as the Jesus way, the way of a new covenant that has opportunity for all, whose end result is very much like the Apostle Paul stated in his letter to the church in Galatia it was read a moment ago. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. This is what the Jesus way is all about. This is what the new covenant can do to help us change the narrative of our world from one of, of hate and vengeance and greed to one of love and kindness like the children who without even mentioning a word, the heart of Christ was in them and they started picking up the cards. I knew they would. I knew they would. They're closer to the kingdom than I'll ever be. And so I just talk about that elephant in the room. It's an elephant that we have trouble with. And it's not only the war, but also our attitudes as Christian individuals, which say, I'm I'm supposed to be a peace-loving, forgiving, and long-suffering servant. Except this is really getting to me. And what Jesus did in the temple demonstrates that even love has a restraining and righteous anger that rises up against all forms of evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. The baptismal service that we just did a little bit ago, and we do many, many times at each one, we ask this of the people being baptized and of parents on behalf of their infant children. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? It's okay. It's okay to feel a righteous anger toward Putin and against the evil that he is perpetrating on innocent souls, as long as we also remember that 
no country is innocent, not even our good old U.S. of A., that we have had some sordid incidents in our past when we treated people as objects rather than human beings. It's okay to feel a righteous anger. The great German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was executed by the Nazis in a concentration camp in the mid-40s, just before the close of the war, made a powerful observation about the responsibility of Christians, really of good people everywhere, anywhere, when he said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And he wrote these words while he was imprisoned and fully aware that he might not make it out of that concentration camp alive. Another famous quote that we remember him with is this one. We are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice. We are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself. Tish Harrison Warren in the March 8th edition of Christianity Today, penned a powerful article that's entitled, Go Ahead, Pray for Putin's Demise. This is what she writes. When I think of the war in Ukraine, I am heartbroken, but I also feel angry. I brush up against something like a maternal sense of rage. Many people will be harmed irreparably because Russia's leader decided that he wanted a neighboring sovereign country as his own. She indicates that what she does to cope with this and to deal with her anger and heartbreak is that she turns to the imprecatory Psalms. (laughs) Now, I've been around a long time, and I've not heard that word. Not in seminary. Not in all my years of ministry. Imprecatory. But when it's defined, I can understand. An imprecation means a curse. And in the Psalms, there is the whole realm of human emotion from the good to the bad, the feelings of joy to the feelings of hatred. It's all there. And there are many curses And she says that each morning she has begun to pray Psalm 7, 14 through 16 with Putin in mind. And that psalm goes like this. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head and on his own skull his violence descends. That's in the Bible. It's a part of how humans feel at times. And she writes, it's not condemning the man. It's screaming at what he does. And the violence that is perpetrated on others may it come back on his own head. So many of us call that karma. Sounds harsh. But look at what he's doing. We've all been party to evil 
And in some sense, all nations have perpetrated evil, injustice, and oppression of innocence. And that day, Jesus risked righteous anger to reset the moral compass of a people who were oppressed by an authoritarian government of Rome, by people who were abused, raped, killed, beaten on a whim by the Romans and by religious leaders that had lost their way and gave lots of rules and regulations that if you don't follow these, you're never going to make it to heaven. Jesus sought to reset that moral compass and it's okay for us to do the same. So I want to give you permission to be angry. And if you want to lash out, there are appropriate places to do that. I want to say a second thing. In the midst of this war, in the midst of the troubles that we are just on the heels of, the, the whole COVID thing, and, 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 and then there's the challenges that each of us has to face each week, I want to say, be kind to yourself. There's enough to get us down. When you look in the mirror, make a pledge to be kind to yourself. Because when you are healthy, then you'll be able to take a stand for what is right and what is good. Uh, Yesterday evening... um, I uh, was the one dispatched to go to Papa Murphy's to uh, pick up a, a stack of, of pizzas that we were going to have for supper. Oh, yes. I love Papa Murphy's. Well, I had to wait a little bit. And while I was waiting, I happened to notice that up on the top shelf, there were a bunch of containers that all had the same stuff in them. They were chocolate chip cookie dough. I thought, well, we need some of that, too. And so I reached up and took one, and and I got that chocolate chip cookie dough, and I sat and waited, and I looked at that chocolate chip cookie dough, and I looked at it again, and I happened to notice that there was this big glob glump of dough. But to make the weight right, I'm sure, there was a couple of little balls of dough on top of the lump of dough. They were just begging well, I had to wait. I was famished, of course, in the face of such. And so I opened the lid, and I said, the family will never know. <laughs> now they do. And I had some chocolate chip cookie dough. And it was good. Once in a while, be good to yourself. Now, for some, that might be out going and running five miles. For others, like I hope to do by April, hopefully, to ride my bike 20. And for others, it might be to go for ice cream after the cookie dough. Had there been time, there's, uh, there's, there's Dairy Queen, there's Freezing Moo, there's Brahms. And what's that one? Cold Stone Creamery. Yes. Oh, you got to go there once in a while. 
Throw the doctor's advice to the wind and enjoy a moment. Life is hard. You've got to take care of yourself. Now, I've spoken in food sort of ways, and it's almost noon. Shame on me. But there are so many ways that you can pamper yourself with the same kindness that you extend to others. Thirdly, to help make it, I would like to encourage you to decide which narratives you're going to listen to. There's a lot of narratives out there. There's a narrative that says, if you speak against the war, I'll throw you into jail for 15 years. That is accompanied by many lies. And in our own country, there's lots of narratives that are competing for our allegiance. There's the, the right which, which accuses the left. There's the left which accuses the right. And they all have their own narratives that they think you ought to believe. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Even in the church, there's traditionalists, there's progressives, and they don't like each other in the extremes when can we come together and sit at the table and just talk in a spirit of kindness but choose which narrative you're going to live by and I hope it's the narrative that Jesus brought with him it doesn't mean we have to agree even with that narrative of Jesus as he reset the moral compass that day he turned over the tables He seeks to reset it for us that we can believe in all that is right and good and we'll have empowerment to stand up for it and uh, cultivate in our lives what we can do, remembering, well, I want to remember that Jesus is the hope of the world, that Jesus continues to be the way, the truth, and the life, that the Jesus way is hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, freedom for prisoners, and a message of jubilee for the time of God's acceptance has arrived. I want to teach my children to respect others. I want to do Paul's admonition of bearing one another's burdens. And now this one isn't in the Bible, but I've got it for myself. I want to pick up after myself because our world needs a green advantage. I want to be generous with my patience. I'm not always. I want to be kind. I want to be welcoming. I can say a lot here. But I want to end up at the place where my fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle, and self-control. I'm a diamond in the rough. I have a hunch that you are too. So let's be kind to one another, allow one another room to grow, to make mistakes, and to begin again when we blow it. And together as the people of God, to reset our moral compasses together time and time and time again to reach for the better way, the high calling of God in Christ. That's all Jesus was doing when he went into the temple. And they heard. And what? was the end result of that. Yes, there were people who wanted to kill him. But if you listen to the text that Daniel read, the people who felt that freedom, that new narrative, that new covenant, 
gathered around him and listened intently and fell on every gracious word that came out of his mouth. That's the challenge for today. That's all I have to say about that. Amen.